This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, welcome back. This is That Mill Podcast. This is episode 11 of the 22-23 season. Um, joining me today is the football guru himself, the one and only, uh, fresh from his new uh, position with the Lionesses, it's the one and only Kai Bennett. How you doing, fella? You all right? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. How are you? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. I just realised my lighting's gone down a bit, so I just turned out a bit. There we go. You can see my good-looking face now. So, uh, yeah, all good, mate. All good. You? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm doing well. It's disappointing about Saturday, but we'll move on. Don't move on yeah, quickly. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. So, yeah. And also, we're joined by the one and only... Mr. Zampa. Hello, Joe. You all right, Phil? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. It feels as if I haven't been on this for a while. It seems like you boys have been doing it for a little while and I've sort of not been on, but I'm back. You've been um, doing your, your producing bit, haven't you, in the background? Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorting out you lot, mate. Boss, sure bossing everyone around, yeah. Doing it, but, yeah. Well, I don't boss people around. Shut <laughs> up, Kai. Um, right, so, so, yeah. Right, um, Millwall obviously took on Reading on Saturday where we um, unfortunately lost the game 1-0. We're going to have a deep dive into that. Um, we've got a partnership with a stat company, so um, we decided that we're going to use the stat company and look at some of the stats for the Reading game and see, um, well, where we fell down um, and where we stood up, really, to be fair. Um I think the stats will interest you to a degree because they certainly um, interested us. Um, it's pretty obvious, really, where we are, but still, with the stats behind us, we'll uh, we'll definitely have a look. So we're going to be back right after this. Welcome back, then. Um, so this season in the championship, Mills form is poor. Um, overall, I suppose we've had two wins, one draw, three losses. The performances currently places Millwall at 17th out of 24, which ain't great in the championship table. Uh, we're winning probably 33% of our matches. Um, our home form is better um, with two wins, uh, no draws and one loss. Um, and obviously, you know, overall, um, we read out those numbers at, uh, at the beginning, but Let's dig deep into this, I suppose, before we do. Um, Kai, reaction to Saturday before we start looking at these um, these stat numbers and then obviously we're going to you, Joe, first and then we're, um, we'll crack on with these numbers. So, Kai, your overall view for uh, Saturday's game against Reading? Uh, it was a frustrating afternoon, wasn't it? Um, you know, they come to the den, they're full of confidence, two wins. Uh, but both home victories, they've you know, the last one where they lost away was uh, 4-0 away against Rotherham. And especially with Joe Lumley and Gull, who made so many mistakes against um, against against Rotherham a couple of weeks ago, you really felt that, you know, if we had a few shots on goal, he, he'd probably struggle. I didn't think we tested him enough. Uh, I think we would have tested him a bit more, get, get you know, even just shooting from outside the box, make him fumble, 
players running in, that sort of game. I think we probably would have done a bit better. Obviously, we did get this. We did have a goal with the ball in the back of the neck, obviously, given uh, disallowed. It is offside, so we've got no complaints about that. Uh, the referee was officiating wasn't great again, was it? But you, we can't keep blaming that. So What we you know, say on this show is the referee was shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he, well, he was bad. I mean, the problem is you can't, you can't always blame the referee, I thought. But there was no decisions where the referee got so wrong that that would have... Um, you know, maybe it meant we scored. For example, like if that the offside goal would have been would have been onside, that was that would have been a major talking point. But as it was offside, uh, there was just some you know silly little fouls that he gave against us that, that, that weren't weren't fouls. Some fouls that he didn't give towards us, um, yeah. and some and somehow Reading at top of the table. I mean, no one would have guessed that at the start of the season. I don't think they didn't scored in their last four games, did they? No, no, I don't think they're that great, are they? Really? I mean, no. We, no. we probably made them look better than they actually are. No, totally. So, Joe, your overall for um, for Saturday? Um, a, bit, a bit like Kai, really. I mean, a um, bit disappointed um, in our performance. That being said, it was against a very, very, very negative Reading side. Uh, I mean, in some ways, they're probably even more boring than what we all were last season. You know, you can see what, what they want to do. They want to get behind the ball, make it difficult for us to, uh, to score, and then nick you know, a, a set piece, a score for a set piece or a free kick corner. Uh, that's what they did. Um, had they had you know, better finishing, they probably would have won 3-0. I think um, uh, Hendricks was guilty of, of a chance clean through. OK, Bart made a good save, but to be fair, the shot was was, was hit straight at Bart. And I think Shane Long, I think, towards the end, had a chance when he went through and went wide at the post. So the score line could have been a lot worse for us. You know, we could have been easy lost that 3-0. Um, and that would have been yeah, absolutely terrible. So um, yeah, very very negative uh, side. I just you just kind of you just knew that if they went one nil up, that's it. We weren't going to score. There's no way we we're going to break down uh, a side that wants to sort of defend uh, for ninety minutes. Um, and that's the worst thing that could happen, unfortunately. And it did, you know. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, look, we've we've all had the stats today. Um, it, it's the the stat company we use um, is a company called um, Comparisonator. That's right, isn't it, Kai? I've pronounced yep. it right, haven't I? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, you'll find the links for them in the, in the website. They, they provide um, a lot of football clubs um, with all the stats for their players, and um, we've got a partnership with them where they allow us to use uh, their site um, uh, where we can produce stats. So, um, over the next day or so, if you check out the website, all the stats, what we're talking about, will be listed um, on the website with a, a brief lot of what we talked about today. But you'll be able to see all the stat information there for you. Um, looking through these stats, gents, I'm going to jump down a bit and then we can come back to them in a minute. But the um, the one what got me quite a bit was the, you know, we had nine shots and only one on target. Reading had four shots, two on target, and scored one. Frustrating, mm. isn't it? You know, um, you know, and even the attacking actions. We had thirty-eight attacking actions compared to, oh, oh excuse me, compared to their thirty-two. So, mm. I don't know whereabouts. I'm um, come to you, Joe. I don't know whereabouts you want to start with first on these numbers, but you know, looking at it. We were very, very, very similar on the stats. Mm. I think. I think it's just it, it, again, it's the nature of the game. Them, them, them going one nil up, um, defending for for the duration of the game. To be fair, I can't remember. You know, four shots we've had, let alone nine shots. So um, there must have been real kind of, you know, wide play sort of shots or or, or, or deflected shots or block shots maybe or something. Although they all count at all, but. Um, Unfortunately, that that's the nature of how the game went. Yeah, you know, have you have you gone one nil up? We probably have done to them what Rotherham done to them, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Because um, they would have to come out, they would have to come out and play, and obviously yeah. they'll leave gaps in behind. But unfortunately, that wasn't the um, the case. So those stats will probably will probably show a very even game. But I'm sure when you come across it a little bit later on, Mickey. I mean, there are other stats that show otherwise. I mean, possession wise, we were you know much much higher in possession. Um, I think we created more. Passes in in their third, according to um, comparison data, um, a lot more than than well more than the average um, championship side. 
Would successful do, yeah. passes in to the final third was we had um it's well, the numbers are 127 and they had 62. Yeah, and I think the average normally in the championship is about is it 80, I think, or 90 on average. It's, yeah, it's between eight, yeah, it's between into, eight. It's the final first. So again, that shows yes, we were hitting some long balls and, and, and hoping and going real direct, but those stats show that a lot of those long balls were yeah. hitting our, our attackers and our forwards. Unfortunately, yeah. we couldn't do much with it. When I, we mean, had it yeah. I mean, you look at the passing parameters. I mean, we're, we're, we're run for them. So, passes, Millwall, 485 passes, um, Reading, 345. Successful passes, 389, Reading, 270. Key passes, one, three key passes to um, Reading. Successful mm. key passes, none for Millwall. Um, Reading had three. Long passes, 44, compared to their 39. Um, successful long passes, 33 to their 22. Passes to final third, we said, 182 um, to 99 to their 99. Successful passes, 127 to their 62. Crosses, 18 crosses to their five. Successful crosses, eight, and they had one successful cross. So pretty much... We, according to stats, we dominated them, didn't we? Really, yeah. we dominated it, yeah. Mm. Problem but again, being, we don't score, no, and that, that's partly to do with our forwards. Obviously, you know, we're not exactly playing with a lot of confidence at the moment. Our strikers they are getting chances, or not even real chances, pretty half chances, if you like, and not doing much with them. But then, credit to Reading, you know, their defenders threw their bodies, didn't they? Um, and, and were you know, desperate not to let us score. And, and they, they they battled and defended really well. So credit to them. I don't like sort of giving them too much credit because I thought where their play was very, very negative. I mean, if I was a Reading fan, I wouldn't be too impressed watching them play like that every week. But, um, you know, credit to them, defended well. But, yeah, we, we didn't really make use of the ball in their final third, although we did get the ball in there quite often, it seems, from the stats. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, Kai, do you want to go into the um, offensive um, yeah, no, definitely. And, and explain those a bit. So you you make those. Well, I, I think it's really interesting because, like, for example, attacking actions thirty eight to their thirty two, of which sixteen were, uh, were were successful for us to their eleven. Um, I think the one that actually hits home even more is the expected goals. They expected yeah. well, zero point six six goals per, per per the game, and we were expecting zero point seven four. So we were actually. We had we had a more chance of scoring per the per well position. How, how does that work though, Kai? When when they had obviously they scored um, that chance, which is which is a very good header from their um, de- debutant. Um, is it um, Nendi Saar? I think he's fine. I mean, what what a player he was, by the way. I mean, he was a big unit, powerful, fast, good in the air. Something we can do with Millwall. To be fair, I mean, you know, we 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 saw about our, our defenders not having much pace. He looked quite good. But what's interesting, had two clear cut chances after that. So doesn't the XG shouldn't that shouldn't they kind of cover, use that as, as a clear chance and therefore should be yeah. higher XG? That, I think that probably tell, I think that, that that's what I was going to move on to. I think that that's probably what's even more impressive: the fact that they had them two clear cut chances which they missed, mm. and our XG is even higher. We, we, that you know that that's that's with that, for them, them two chances were clear cut, weren't they? Just, so. just one sec before we move before we carry on going forward where we are. Can you just explain what XG means to those who are listening who've got no idea what XG means? So, so my understanding of XG is how many chances, how many clear-cut chances you have and how many of which you'd expect to score from. So just, just because you score a goal doesn't mean your expected goals should be one. Because, for example, they, that might not be a clear-cut chance. You might have hit from range, uh, which wouldn't count as an expected goal. But all of it together is added up over the game. To how many clear cut chances you create, or how many chances you create, and it's all it's all it all goes up until eventually it hits um, that. But I mean, remember last year against Blackburn, for example, we had no shots, did we? So our XG was none because um, we didn't have any chances. But you know what's interesting, Carl? Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, I looked at the XG of the Liverpool game um, the other night, the the nine nil win, and their XG was about three, three yeah. point something. So yeah. again, yeah, it's got nine goals, but really only three of them that they they say are clear cut chances. So that shows you how clinical they are, mm. I guess. Because I mean, obviously, Reading scored one goal, and their expected goals were zero point six six. So as a stat, there, it's I mean, I've seen us before win win one nil, and our expected goals has been like zero point three. Mm. So 
it, it, it just shows that if you're clinical, you can still you can still score more goals than your expected goals. Yeah. I've just got on there now. How is XG calculated? A number of factors are taken into account when calculating XG. They include type of assist, whether it was a shot taken with the head or foot, the angle and distance of the shot, and whether it is a big chance. The context of scoring opportunity is precisely what informs its XG rating. A rebound falling to a player in front of an open goal six yards out will have a high HG score, but a shot taken from 35 yards at a narrow angle will have a low XG score. If you see that the chance is described as having an XG rating of 0.35, that means the player would be expected to score from the chance 35% of the time, a one in three chance. If a chance is described as 0.5 XG, it should be scored 50% of the time and so on. Combining a player's XG rating during the course of the season can give an approximate of how many goals they should have scored. So again, as we go through the season, we can look at this um, in a bit more depth and go from there. So yeah, go on, Kai, carry on, fella. Sorry, mate. That's all right, mate. No, I was just going to say that. So for me, that shows that, you know, we did have chances. We, you know, we did have chances to, to equalise. Obviously, we did. I mean, Bradshaw tested the keeper from a tight angle. For, for example, with XG, like that, that, you know, what Mickey just explained, that Bradshaw's early chance that was we flicked on, didn't he? Joe Lumley saved. That yeah. would have a low XG because it was with his head and it was a tight angle. Yeah. So it, it's for him and to it was score. coming at him quite fast, wasn't it? So he had to kind of yeah. move his head to it. and Yeah. So, I mean, Naby Sar's one goal, would you'd expect that to be quite high because he was quite close. Uh, but just touching on Naby Sar, Joe, I was going to say to you, um, mm. he actually had a point to prove it then on Saturday because I believe, I, he might have actually been there last year with Huddersfield. He but, was, yeah. From three, didn't they? I think. Yeah, but but yeah. two to three. I think it was well three years ago now. He mm. it was his fault for Matt Smith's winner against Charlton. Oh, really? He was okay. the one that Matt Smith out jumped. So he used to play for Charlton. So so it, they, that's what they were. We, you know, we were saying that he, he had a point to prove. On yeah. Saturday, and ultimately he scored the winner, didn't he? Which was frustrating. But yeah. no, he, he kept, kept a phobia quiet as well throughout the game, didn't he? I didn't yeah, see. He, you know? He's strong, isn't he? I think, mm. and one thing you did see with them on on Saturday was, I mean, we've always been known for our, um, I guess, physicality and our strength in the box. But yeah. when we went inside the box the other day, I mean, and this is no fault of Millwall's whatsoever because you can only put you only put the players on the pitch you got. Do you know what I mean? But mm. we, we didn't look that big at all. I think they no, probably especially across midfield. We look at yeah. Honeyman, Shackleton, you know, McNamara. You know, I, I, there's a moment I looked across. The pitch, I thought, Jesus Christ, we look tiny compared to them. It's like we're like under 14 uh, kids, kids team, aren't we? You know, yeah, no, they they had, they had some big, big lads in their team, um, mm. which obviously is going to mean it's harder to score from corners. And you know, if they do, we probably, I guess, that the route, I mean, that's I assume that's why we try to play so many passes on the ground because, yeah. as soon as you put that ball in the air in the box, you know, you're, you're probably mm. you're giving them a you're giving them a help. Uh, weirdly, look at those stats there, Kai. Um, we seem to get the better of them aerially. Um, in that game, especially in, in our attacking, third. so I don't know how the hell that happened. I think that might have been with um, is it Vol Volsama? How, how we pronounce his name there? Is it Volsama? I believe it's Volsam Volsama. Is it silent? Volsama. Yeah, Volsama. What, was it, what you told me earlier is it a silent G? You said I've, I, I've well, I've listened to Germany uh commentators, and a few people have said to me that they they believe it said it said Volsama, Volsama. So, Without okay. the G. But obviously, I'm not. I mean, the only person that can tell us this is is Foggy, isn't it? Ultimately, is himself. Tell us. <laughs> yes, exactly. But again, I think he won a few headers uh, when yeah. he came on. Um, a phobie, I think he did win a quite a few flick ons. Really, he won a few as well. So we did get the better of them uh, in, those, in those headers. But like I said, the trouble is, there was no one running on those headers, were there? They weren't really going anywhere or doing much with them. So Again, stat-wise, it might look really good that we're winning a lot of those attacking headers. Um, and defensively, we look pretty, pretty OK, but nothing really materialised from that, unfortunately, did it? No. No, we, we, we won a fair few uh, headers, didn't we, in the um, attacking like for, from corners. Hutch yeah. and Cooper won a, a fair few, but a lot of them went over the bar, didn't they? So if you look at, the jaw, look at the jaw numbers, I mean, the bottom end, like the aerial jaws and the aerial jaws one, they're very close. I mean, I think, are, I think it, it averaged out there because I think yeah. in, the, in the midfield we lost a lot of the aerial aerial um um uh, uh, what do you call it battles if you like because we've got the small small midfield players in there but defensively and in attacking areas we seem to sort of doing quite well either side nothing really in the middle mm. um and that's probably why it does is come it, back a little bit is it what we've been saying I mean obviously 
it was quite interesting because we've obviously had these stats for a while. We've been talking about doing shows mm. this season with it. Um, and especially me and you, Joe, we've been looking at a few of our players like for like and stuff like that. I mean, mm. we did one between um, Billy Mitchell and um, Ryan Leonard, obviously. And, and Shackleton, And Shackleton, yeah. But it was weird that when we saw the team line-up for Saturday, we knew that Gary was going more defensive than attacking football because of the stuff what we'd looked well, at. I think, I think what you mean by that is more possession because, because yeah. again, we, we, could have, we could have predicted the score, couldn't we, Mickey? We looked at the stats yeah. before. And we saw how both teams set up and how they would play against each other. And I said to you, I won't be surprised if this ends nil-nil. This is going to be a boring game. Um, in fact, in fact there's a goal in it. it was, was quite astonishing, really. But you're right. The way it was set up led me to believe that Rowett had to pick a team that was possession-based for us to keep the ball, to work the ball and try and create these chances rather than go direct and, and try and go long. Because you can see what, what would happen when we did go direct. Nothing really happened. We kept throwing it into the mixer. It kept coming back out again, didn't it? I mean, the reason we did, the reason we did through Billy and stuff was because obviously a lot of people online seem to be digging Billy out, and we wanted to see what the stats said about it. And to yeah. be fair, Billy against Ryan Leonard and Shackleton, um, and, he's and the better Savile. player. And, and Savile. Savile. I think what what it showed us, which we were quite surprised about, and this is to, to the to the listeners listening to the show at the moment, is that everyone complains about Billy playing too many backward passes, sideward passes. But out of all the midfielders we selected, didn't we, Billy? Big uh, Billy Mitchell was the one who played more forward passes than anyone else, yeah. and 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 actually got to to the intended target as well. So it is astonishing, really. What you see sometimes in the game, you know, you might look at all the bad things rather than the good the good things. But stat wise, it showed that out of all our midfield players, Billy Mitchell was the one that was playing more forward passes into the attacking third than any other central midfield player. So again, you know, cut cut the guy a bit of slack. <laughs> he uh, he ain't as bad. Well, we, we missed him. Did we did we miss him on Saturday? I would say so. I think one thing I really like about Billy is that even when we, we're losing games, he's always the. I'd say he's probably one of the. Uh, well, he's probably the the most the, the the player that the most does the most of actually wanting wanting the ball. He's always looking for the ball, Billy, and that shows confidence and. Um, belief in himself, even you know, even if he's in a tight situation, I very rarely see Billy Mitchell lose the ball. Right? Mm. I mean, his first touch is always good. He always knows where he wants to to play, it. and he, and his pass always well, very nine times out of ten comes off. So I think mm. he's a really reliable player, Billy Mitchell. I, I really like him, and I think if, if if he's if he's deployed next to the right midfielder, he could be you know he's really effective. Mm. I think also having him there, Kai, it gives that a little bit more of a physical presence in that sort of central midfield position. Again, we touched on the likes of Shackleton being quite small, Honeyman being quite small. Um, having him there, he does seem to have a bit more of, again, like a physical sort of um, presence in, in the midfield. And sometimes that kind of helps us um, in, in winning the ball back or intercepting a pass. Again, he scored very, very high, didn't he, Mickey, in, um, in, in conversions, which meant that, you know, he's probably our best player actually winning the ball back from the opposition and turning the uh, conversion and, and, and transition into our in our possession. Um, when we lack someone like that in our team, you know, on Saturday that was winning the ball ball from from them, you know. Yeah, maybe Kai. Um, between you and the guys doing the website now, maybe um, look at the midfielders and, and maybe do a comparison and show some of the stats on on the midfield front, um, so that people can see that we're not, you know, we're not just blowing smoke up Billy's ass. There are actually stats. To back it up, um, but no, I mean, to me, it looked with the stats. The game looked shit, but when you look at it from a stat point of view, we were geared to win the game. And you mm. sort of, as much as I don't like Gary Rowett's type of football, I think it's it's boring. But you can understand if if Millwall are playing by the stat book which we think they probably are to a degree, you can understand why he's playing the way he is, what he needs and now. Why, why he's picking Mitchell as well. Yeah, but if you look at these stats, what what he, he's got, he's got the passing side of it, scoring big numbers. The defensive duels are scoring good numbers. 
we just need to get the other two sections to a degree to be doing well as well. The defensive ain't too bad either. But the thing what I'm missing, and, I, and I'll come to you on this now, both of you, with a question, is I think we are missing a creative midfielder or a creative, you know, an attacking option, which we don't have. Um, I'm not going to mention he shouldn't be named. He scored twice at the weekend. But we are missing someone who who has has got that goal ability in front of goal to suddenly go, yep, let's go in. I'll have that. Boff, it's in. Um, and we've not replaced them. Hopefully, I know that Fleming and I know that um, Vlogger will, will need to, you know, get used to this league. But then I think, you know, vlog, I think it's going to be a dangerous thing. But I don't know. What's your what's your views? And then I'll come to you with another question in a minute as well regarding. So the two questions I've got for you is, are we missing a creative midfielder or a, a different attacking option? And the second question to you would be, obviously, to come back on, is, are, is the formation what Gary wants to play do the players, are the players unable to play that formation? You go to first. I'll go quite first. So to the, to the first question, I'd say, I'd say I I think Fleming will be absolutely fine in that creative midfield role once he gets fit and stuff. I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm the same as any fan. I wouldn't turn down an opportunity to sign another attacking player. I don't think anyone would, would they? Like, you know, even if you've got, like if, you know, if you're a Liverpool fan and you've got Salah, Firmino, Diaz, you've got all these tacking options. You'd never turn down an opportunity to sign another one because it's it's just more and more options, isn't it? Um, but no, I, I'd like to, I would love to see another attacker come in. Um, but I think in the creative midfield, where I think Fleming can can easily do that that role. And then I think even if you know you wanted to switch it around when Bennett's back as well, ben, I think Bennett's more than capable of doing that role too. Um, and as for the as for the system. I think that, that that team is more than capable of playing that that that, um, that formation. I just think we need to get... I'd like to see us, instead of going... trying to, We, we, we go wide to our, our wing-backs, which is which works really well. But then maybe instead of trying to just get them straight down the line, maybe come back inside to the midfield and try and... I'd like to see us try to play balls through, like play, you know, cut, basically cut the lines. And so when there's midfield... Two, you know, midfield duo of, for example, Reading the other day. I'd like to see players like Benny Kofobi, uh, Tom Bradshaw come in, so I guess, in between them lines so we can play balls through, take players out of the game and then move wide with our wing-backs. If we can do that, then we're going to create overloads down the wings, which we're, we're more than capable of doing with the quality we've got. Um, just, just I think, just I'd like to see us maybe play them more um, incisive balls at, at, at times. And I think Fleming will bring that. So it's sort of, in a way, it sort of answers, I guess, both questions at once. But Fleming, so, I think we'll bring that. Do you agree with Kai that once Fleming is fit enough uh, and obviously once Bennett is back, that both of those guys can fill this creative midfield position what we need? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Fleming, from what I've seen of him, is a quality player. I mean, you, you saw it on Saturday when he came on and um, Volsam had come on as well. Suddenly there's a bit more quality there. You know, their passes were going to the intended target. Their touch was spot on. The movement was good. Their positioning, their picking up was, was good. Um, they start. They start to learn the English game. They start to battle a bit more. I noticed that in Fleming the last couple of games, Volsammer has always been a bit of a battler. So I think he'll, he'll do all right in, the, in this in this league. Um, to be honest with you, one, I don't think that's a problem. Um, our problem, I think, at the moment is with the system that we're playing. We should probably answer your question, Mickey, as well. Is that our wing backs are not good enough to play this system? Yeah, this one. Um, whether you call it form out of form, whether it's just yeah. Ability or not, not quick enough. But you look at McNamara. Um, I think he had a good season last season. But when, I, when I've seen him this season, he looks a bit short on pace. Like yeah, he, he try and go around around a fullback. He's not quite got the pace or the you know the, the skill, whatever you want to call it, to get around it to get the crosses in. Often, you know, Malone. We've seen himself this season. He hasn't been that great or that effective on the other flank. And when you play this system, you need your wing backs to be fast, strong, direct get forward to, to give you that attacking threat. And we're not getting that. And if you're getting those 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 four, those wing-backs getting forward, suddenly you're creating more chances in that attacking third and probably freeing up the likes of Fleming, the likes of Honeyman and the forwards to get on the ball a bit more. But at the moment, they're almost non-existent, these wing-backs. 
Either that or Rowett's got them thinking too defensively rather than going, going more attack-minded. So, yeah, I think Fleming will come good. I don't think we need to sign any more attacking players. I think we need to sign a good wing-back. Might need to get a couple of, couple of wing-backs, a left wing-back and a right wing-back. Uh, although, yeah, we, we all like Matt Namara and we hope he, he develops and does well. He's still very, very young. But what's worrying for me is that left side. We do need someone who's going to really give us an attacking threat on that left side and hope that McNamara comes good on the right side. With Leonard being injured now, we've got no one else that could play out there. You know, Kai, could, could Shackleton play out there, maybe? I mean, has he got a bit more pace than McNamara? Can he give us more of an attacking um, threat on that side? What do you think? Uh, Jane, uh, Jamie Shackleton definitely play at right wing-back. He did for Leeds in the Premiership, I think, six, mm. that's 15 times last year, I think, when he was... Yeah. He's good and he's quick as well. I think he'll compete really well. I just, for me, I'd like to see Danny give him, like, you know, I, I mean, it's not been a great start for us, you know, as a season for us so far with obviously three defeats. But I think the more you chop and change with the team, I think that's when we're probably going to struggle even more. I think we need to try and gel this team together now. And mm. I think the way to do that is by keep giving, you know, keep giving players the shirt. And obviously, you know, it doesn't more, it doesn't allow them, won't allow them to, you know, slack and, and then be guaranteed to have the shirt for the next game because that won't work either. But as someone like Danny, Danny needs confidence and, and to develop. And I think to, and to do that, he needs to play a lot of games, to play games for us every week in, week out, keep getting that you know that um, confidence under his belt. And I think the more and more mm. he does that, the better and better he'll become. Well, he's, really he's, he's played, he started the last sort of, what, three or four games now, isn't he? Um, at right wing back. I mean, how, how much more time do you give him? Do you give him like another couple of games and then they put Shackleton out there? I mean, Malone is not quite good on the left side. I mean, if you saw my tweet earlier today, I, I suggest playing Murray Wallace out there. I think, you know, everyone keeps saying, okay, he's not quite a, a, as, as good going forward as Malone is. He's not really attacking. But, you know, even, even on Saturday, when we went to a back four, he was getting forward. He was still more of an attacking threat, I think, than, than Malone was all, all game, you know, playing as a wing back. So I can't see why he can't play there. You know, he, he seems more comfortable on the ball. And what really annoys me, and I'm, I'm starting to sort of like be a bit, be a bit of a moan. I'm sorry if it comes across really, really sort of negatively here, but... Yeah, I love Manoa. He's, he's a great player. He was a great player for us, but he's six foot three. I mean, he's, he's a tall lad, and I never ever see him win a header. Yeah, he's almost like too scared to go for headers. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't win any headers. So anything, any long balls go over. He's not he's not going for the headers or winning the headers. He's Who's not, that? Uh, Malone. Right, if he gets yeah. the, if he receives the ball, the first thing he's looking to do is play the ball back. He never tries to take on their fullback like what he, what he used to at one time. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he did like I watched it very closely on Saturday. I thought, is it me or am I being a little bit too um on you know negative or being on his case a bit too much? But every time he got the ball, he never looked to take on their fullback. All he got to do is get the ball and then pass it back to Murray Wallace or try and play inside to Shackleton. He wasn't looking to go. Even you're gonna play into Shackleton, make that run to get the ball back again. But he was just quite happy to get the ball, play it back, get the ball I mean sideways. I mean, you're talking about Danny. Danny is number one at the moment for ball recovery and also number three for interception. Yeah. But that's defensively, isn't it? So defensively, yeah. he's doing a sound job for us. But attack-wise, he just, he's just not doing enough. No, no, that's... Um, yeah. No, yeah, attacking attacking actions is, is no. nowhere near. And also, Mickey, I was, um, <laughs> before I, I was getting bored, we talked about stats quite a lot here, but it's just very, very interesting when you, when you look at these stats. But... Okay, forget about Reading on Saturday because those stats could be a little bit deceiving because it shows Mill yeah. being very attacking and we're creating lots of passing to their through the lines into the attacking third and we're looking really great going forward. Yeah. But on average, throughout the season, at the moment, Mill's defence stats from memory, Mickey, uh, we are uh, we we're, we're average with the championship, yeah. probably slightly above average. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say that we're as good as the teams above us. Or as bad as teams below us, but we're kind of average. But when you look at our attacking stats throughout this season, we are quite low on the average, which means that we are in comparison with the teams that are struggling at the moment down the bottom. And that gives us an idea of how our season's going at the moment. Yes, we're defending a slightly above average, which is good. But attack-wise, we are very, very, very low at the moment. And again, ignore Reading's game because Reading might give us a bit more might make it look us look better than what we actually are because we've created so many forward passes and try to get forward as much as we could but across the season we're not doing enough going forward 
And again, you can't blame our forwards. You can't blame our strikers. If they're not getting, if they're not getting the chances and not getting the ball in those areas, then you're not, what are they going to do with it? So again, go back to my original point, we need to start getting our wing-backs more involved and create more attacking options for us to make things happen more in the final third. I think this debate's going to go on and on and on and on, but, I, I, you know, <clears throat> Kai does the stuff on the website, so I'm sure over the next week or two, we, um, Kai will start delving deeper um, into these stats with certain players and give, just giving you a bit more of an insight um, into, you know, the midfields, the attacks, let you see the numbers. Listen, I don't know if you're into stats or you're not. This 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 show might well go above your head, but there will be um, a separate show um, going forward soon with Kai and Omar where they will dig in to these numbers, um, probably a lot more detail than what we have. So if you are into stats, that is going to be coming soon. Um, again, with our stat partner, um, which is obviously the comparisonator. comparisonator. Um, but hey, I think we've probably chewed over Reading deep enough um, and probably we've made lots of people go to sleep now or, or <laughs> want to kick hell out of the radio. So look, we're going to pause it here. We're going to be back for part two because we've got Burnley away this week. Um, and on a current form, that could be a terrifying moment. So look, hold tight. We'll be back for part two where it's Burnley away. Be back after this. Welcome back. Okay, Kai, Burnley away. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Tuesday night, I went on a Burnley podcast earlier and kept saying Wednesday night until the fella went, you sure it's Wednesday? It's Tuesday. And I went, oh, yeah, sorry, I got muddled up. Um, what's... What's your view with their their players? Anyone we need to watch out? Any any worrying bits for you? Considering they're coming on the back of a, we're playing them on the back of a five-one victory over Wigan, where they've suddenly turned it on. No, they're they're a good team. Um, one for me that always stands out. We play them. Um, played them obviously in the cup. I think it was in the COVID COVID time actually. Lost two 0 Uh, Josh Brownhill. Um, used to play for Bristol City. Um, I believe it was Bristol City. He's very, he's a cracking player. Um, hit one, hit one from range that day. Really good strike, uh, creative. Um, gets gets ball out wide. Very dangerous in and around the box. So here we want to keep an eye out for. But I do think though, when teams are on the back of a big win, they sometimes can be the best time to play them mm. because they almost are a bit complacent and they they sort of, you know, they they as soon especially as they, they're, they're playing us next. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Hopefully, you know, we, we as long as we keep solid at the back, I, I think we'll have enough. I, I think we'll, we'll have enough to to make to score a couple of goals. So they have been a bit leaky defensively. They drew three three against Blackpool at home a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Blackpool yeah. haven't really got that much in attack, have they? So um, I, I think we could we could definitely score a couple against them. Um, and as Jordan North said, hopefully on Tuesday uh, evening it will be happy place, happy place, turf more. Well, yeah, happy place, happy place, turf more for yeah. Millwall. Yeah, um, Millwall. Joe, what's your thoughts of um, a bird? I mean, let's let's you know, let's not pretend they they are a a Premiership quality team. Um, they come down last season um, by a few mistakes, um, and they missed out, you know, very very closely 
of not coming down. And unfortunately, Everton picked them at the post. Uh, mm. They have lost their manager. They have got a new manager um, in Vincent Company, um, which is hard to uh, hard to really put anything to it because obviously he's new to management as such. But so far, he looks as if he's getting them to click. Um, he was a good player in his day. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Mm. I, I forgot he's... This is his second management job, isn't it? Yeah. Um, was he, was he at Anderlecht before, was he, I think? Anderlecht, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Burnley, their, their footballing style is going to change quite quite somewhat. I mean, under, under Sean Dyche's days, they're very much of a 4-4-2 team. Very sort of direct. Not particularly great on the eye, but, you know, they're very effective. Um, he's now playing a more kind of 4-3-3 sort of system, if you like. A bit more of attacking sort of uh, player football. Uh, I think he wants the ball played on the floor a bit more. Um, and like you say, Mickey, you know, there's still got lots of um, premiership players there. I mean, Jack Cork is someone who I really like. Um, Jay Rodriguez up front, again, you know, very, very effective sort of player. I think they're, they're, both players do very, very well in this uh, division this season. And um, Josh Brown, like you say, Kai, I think he's a quality player um, who, again, will have, will have a great season this season. Um, uh, if we can defend against them, uh, and maybe get a set piece or, or a counter attack or something. We could nick, nick a, a decent result there. Um, the trouble is, if we go a goal down quite quite early, quite soon, I'm worried we could we could probably end up losing you know three four nil um, at this time because they're a different proposition to Reading. You have Reading come to us very defensively. It was a smash and grab that they scored a goal and went defend for ninety minutes. You know, whereas these guys, if they go one 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 goal ahead. They're going to be pushing for two, or three, or four. That's just the nature uh, of Vincent Company. He he wants them to play attacking football. So um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting how, how how it kind of pans out. But like Kai said, you never know in Millwall. Yeah, against uh, a loss uh, at Reading, we might turn around and get, get a decent win today. And again, rightly so, they could be a bit more complacent after winning five one against Wig Wigan. They're going to be thinking, oh, we're great, we're brilliant. We're going to play Millwall, who, who are struggling at the moment. We just got to turn up and win. If they, if they do that and, and turn up with that mentality, we could surprise them. Um, that's if Rowett obviously picks the, the right team that's going to give us a chance of uh, beating them, of course. No, I totally agree. I, I mean, I, I I basically said to the Burnley podcast fellow I spoke to earlier, um, if we turn up, then I think we probably will win. I think we probably, if we can score, you know, quickly then I think we'll probably be able to hold that and, and and take the win. But if we turn up and and just let ourselves fall into simple mistakes, like Swansea, like Coventry, um, and if we're two, three nil down before first, you know, before half time against a team like Burnley, I think we're banging trouble. I can't see us becoming comeback kings against um a setup like Burnley. I just can't mm. see it happening. Yeah, and, and also set piece wise, you know, you like to think a lot of the last few years they've relied heavily on set pieces, Burnley, both defensively and, and attacking. So, again, we don't really, we don't, we're not going to get one over there on them, are we, by being a, a real set piece threat because they're going to be very good on set pieces as well. Um, so it does, it does make for an interesting game. Um, it's very, very hard to sort of predict which way it's going to go, but all we do know is. If we score, get our noses in front, we've got a very good chance of of, of winning that, and holding on to that goal and that lead. Or worst case scenario, maybe draw if we concede at the end. My worry is if we, if we concede early, and let's be honest, we do look like we we can, we can concede most games. Um, will we have enough quality uh, in our locker to go out there and, and turn that game round? I don't know. That's my fear as well. I don't know if. Mm-hmm. If we could turn it around, but hey ho, look, you know, it. I, I go, I go for a. I, I think it'll be a draw, maybe one or two. All I'll go two all, but I think we'll probably win it two one. If I'm honest, I, I would say a draw, but I think we win it two one. And I'm going to go for a phobie and um, Jake Cooper. I get a lot. I'll go. I'll go two one. I was actually going to go two one as well, but I'll make mix it up a little bit. I'll go two uh, nil. Uh, if it will score, I, oh, I hope we'll score early on, and then I think they'll probably come at us, and I reckon we nick one on the counter. Um, 
I'm going to go two nil. Um, Fleming and uh, and Volkslammer. Joe, oh, hang on a second, Volkslammer. There you go. Um, my heart tells me we might win one nil. Sort of do what Brilliant done to us on Saturday, but my head's telling me we could lose. You know, three nil. Oh, my head's telling me we could lose big yeah. if they stuck five <laughs> against. If they stuck five against Wigan, there's a strong chance that exactly. You know, and, and, they're, and they're at home as well, aren't they? You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, but they're at, home. Weak at home. I mean, the, the the Burnley guy was telling me that they're quite weak at home. Um, yeah, you know, they seem to perform away from home, which is you know another mm. good sign. All depends how many's going up there. If we've got 400, 500 up there, and they put on a good voice, that would sound like ten thousand up there. Yeah. And and then if we can get behind the team, then. Yeah, strong yeah. possibility, but it's a fair, it's a fair way to travel. I mean, would they um, climb up, up your answer system? Would they have tried travelled up there today? Would they be travelling up tomorrow? Do you think to Burnley? I mean, it's a long, long, uh, long, long travel up there, long distance, isn't it? To uh, go up there, it's Burnley. Yeah, it's a long way. I mean, I assume they got up today. It's, it's a long way, isn't it? I mean, mm. they got so, up. Yeah, and even, and even kick off. going. I'm, I'm, I'm going up tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, and even kick off. Um, yeah, under the lights. Um, Lot home support there, maybe not much away support. It'd be a midweek game, although Mill do do bring quite a bit with us. Um, I don't know, it's a very, very tough one. I mean, we need a bit of luck on our side. We need to get that early goal, yeah. get our nose in front, however, however it happens. Um, and if it does, if we do get a, a, a one-nil lead, then we might be able to hang on to it. Um, worst case line, we might draw one-one or something, but I don't know. I, I, I hate being negative, but I can't help but I feel that we might get a uh, trounce to this one. Could be could be three nil, four nil. Yeah, yeah. So you, <clears throat> you posted your team is Bart, Hutchinson, Cooper, Cresswell, Wallace, Savile, Fleming, Honeyman, McNamara, Bury, and Vog Slammer as your starting eleven for yesterday. Yeah. Um, for tomorrow, are you sticking with that, or have you made a yeah. few changes? I think I think you have. I think I'll, I'll let's go. I mean, Bury struggles playing that number ten role. Um, he's, he's come out, you know, and, and mentioned doesn't particularly like playing that role. Um, given the freedom to play up front on the left hand side, we can sort of cutting on his right foot. I think he quite enjoys that. It gives us a bit of pace up front, so we need that pace on the counter attack. At the moment, we've got no pace with Bennett injured. We've got no pace up there. Phoebe. Yeah, he, he, he's not he's not slow, but he doesn't quite give us that pace um, anymore. Um, yeah, you've dropped him right out of the team, haven't you? I, I have, yeah. I think I like Volslammer for what I've seen of him. Every time he's come on, would it be, you know, off the bench just to just see his, his effort, his determination? I mean, again, on average, he's he has three shots at goal every game for Millwall yeah. uh, against a phobies. I know we're, we're boring his fans to death here. Uh, a phobie on average, I think it was like one or two a game. Now, the fact that he's getting three shots at goal a game in the short period of time that he comes on, yeah, it yeah. just shows you what, what Bostam is about. He's a confident player. He, he wants to get on that ball. He wants to shoot and, and get, his, get his, his shots off. And also, to be honest, the Bundesliga is, is very similar mm. to English league, isn't it? It's not... It's quite fast pace. It is quite fast paced. It, it, it is kind of end to end. It could be quite attacking as well. So yeah, that, that was my thinking. Again, Malone, you know, give the guy a break. Let's get him out for a few weeks. Um, I think Murray can do a good enough job there at left wing back. Um, he could also help us um, get back and do a bit of defensive duties. Um, be good to get Cresswell back in there again. I mean, it's a shame that he's missed missed so so much time. Um, we need obviously Hutch in there. We need Cooper for his aerial presence. Matt Namara, yeah, you've got, you've got to stick with him for, for a couple more games at least. Hopefully he can sort of turn it around for us. Um, and then I'd like to have um, Savile and Honeyman instead of mid, uh, with Fleming in that number 10, um, to give us that kind of creativity. And um, hopefully if Barrett goes with that, we might have a good chance of, uh, of doing something against them. Kai, do you agree with that team? Or have you got one slightly different? No, I like that team. Um for me, it's it's between um, other than what Joe said. I, I spot. I absolutely agree with the team. I just the only the only decision I decide was whether I go Bury or whether I go Phoebe. Um, I know obviously Phoebe hasn't been, you know, hasn't had a great start to the season. But I think one thing that could prove um, really important tomorrow is experience against a side like Burnley. And I think Benic Phoebe has that in his locker. Um, but obviously, you could go Bury, could go with a little bit bit, bit, bit quicker player. That can go in behind him, and, and maybe Bury will work really well with Voggy because Voggy wins 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 flick ons. Then you can get a 
Fury in behind. Um, but, think, but yeah, it's just difficult, isn't it? But I like I Joe's think, team. I mean, like Joe said before in a previous show um, from a source of his, you know, that Fury doesn't like <clears throat> being played out of position. And, you know, is it time to play him in a position he wants to play in? He's a young lad who's probably, you know, his confidence and all about him is playing in the position what he likes to play in. And when he's played in that position, we see a different Bury. When he played out of position, we see an unconfidence, you know, we see a, a huge confidence issue where, you know, he, he has to think about things a lot more and he can't seem to do that when he's on an attack run. Well, well, Chris mentioned that to me earlier, actually. We're talking about Bury and uh, uh, Chats, by the way, sorry. He, um, and he said, do we change the system to accommodate Bury? And by that, what he's saying is, do we go with the, rather than with the, the five, you know, uh, five, two, one, two, where we'll, we'll play at the moment, do we go for the, um, the five, two, three again? When, when he played with two uh, wide wingers and, and, a, and a central uh, centre forward. And that might suit Bury. You could play Bury there. You could probably play Volksam on the right-hand side, maybe a phobia in the middle. But then the trouble is, where, do you, where, where does Fleming go? Yeah, one player's got to miss out. So it, it can it will accommodate Bury playing with that wide left position where he wants to play, but you're going to sacrifice somewhere along the way. So I think if you go with the same formation, the same system, push Fury up front on the left still, but you can still bring Fleming in there uh, and, and Volksammer, of course, you know. So... Um, I don't know. It's very, it's, it's very difficult, but he's a young player. He needs to play in his preferred position to, to help his confidence, to help him develop. Um, a, a, a more mature player, a more experienced player could probably do a job in most positions. But when you're young and you're still trying to learn your craft, you really got to give that player every chance to sort of do well, I guess, don't you? you know? yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Also, um, one thing to mention there, I feel I put it on our WhatsApp group, Mickey, um, earlier. Um, one of our listeners, um, AMG uh, Gidders, at Gidders on Twitter, um, he tweeted something earlier and um, basically put some, I don't know, we're always talking about stats. He put a, a, a tweet out. He went, um, basically, it was a comparison between Fleming, Zion Fleming, and Anthony, the yeah. uh, striker that um, Man United want to sign. So, Anthony, as we know, plays for Ajax. And he's going mad, for mad numbers. Going, oh, he's going for ridiculous money, isn't he? How much, how much is he going for, Kai? He's going for about 100 million, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's getting that way. So basically, he made a good point here in, in that um, you look at the stats last season in the uh, in, in, in the Bundesliga, sorry, uh, in the Bundesliga, in the Dutch league. Um, Zion Fleming played 28 times, um, Anthony played 23 times. He played more minutes, Fleming as well. He scored 12 goals. Anthony only scored eight goals. His shot accuracy, Fleming, was 57%, 57.75%. That means shots to go on target. Uh, Anthony's uh, shots on target was 44%. Um, they both joined four assists each. And um, chances created, I think Anthony sort of beats Fleming by a little bit. Now, one goes for 1.7 million and one goes for ridiculous money how do yeah. you justify paying that much money for a player you don't and then are we not giving Fleming enough credit when you think about this player Anthony plays for Ajax arguably the best team in the Dutch league it's like it's like Harlem played for, for Man City and that's the that's the results he's getting last season and Fleming does what he done in a team that yeah. was, was fighting relegation there's a decent player in there Mickey yeah no, I definitely I totally agree with you once he gets a few more games of his belt, hopefully he can be our answer, you know? We've got to play Fleming and Flogs now from the start. 100%. We can't be bringing them off. And, you know, let, you know, the next show we're going to fucking round it substitution levels where, you know, he waits till fucking 70 minutes and shit. <coughs> so, before we end, Joe, have you got anything you want to say finally before we uh, pull the curtain and... Uh, and get ready for this show to come out. Anything you want to say? No, nothing really. Other than yeah, let's hope, let's hope we let's hope we can turn this around quickly. I mean, at the moment, you know, it doesn't make great viewing, does it? Stats don't lie. We are where we are for a reason. We're not we're not playing that that great. Um, I'm hoping once the players start gelling and Fleming starts playing more time, the ball starts playing more often, 
we can start building on that and developing and getting results we know we, we, we're more capable of getting. So uh, fingers crossed the lads uh, tomorrow night. Let's hope we get a result there. Let's hope that I'm wrong and uh, you guys are right and we get the win and, and, and uh, we, we go on from there. No, that's it, that's it. Um, Kai, you got anything to say? Oh, just if the stats don't appear on the website within the next day or so, just send tech, um, send a tweet to Kai saying, Kai, show me the stats. All right? Go on, mate. <laughs> No, nah, don't worry. They'll be, they'll be on there very soon. But no, I hope we get a win at the Turf Moor. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. No problem. Right, just before we go, um, maybe most of you know or not, Charlie Wynn um, <clears throat> is a Millwall fan. He was a um, professional boxer who unfortunately suffered a serious injury um, while training for a fight three years ago, maybe four years ago now, three or four years ago now. Um, and unfortunately, since um, he suffered the injury, he has been in um, an assisted care um, centre, unit, place, wherever you want to call it. Um, but there's a charity night for him because obviously it costs a lot of money um, to be in these centres. They're not all funded by the NHS. And they're not all funded by um, the government, etc. They do cost a fair amount of money to be in there. And Charlie's mum and dad and some of his friends are holding a charity night uh, on Saturday, 17th of September. It's going to be held at Eltham Hill Social Club, which is 85 Eltham Hill, SE9. Tickets are £10 each. The important bit is this bit. Tickets need to be purchased in advance. Um, the reason for that is that the venue isn't massive. Um, and numbers are very limited. So if you do want to get involved, um, please contact Lisa for tickets. Her telephone number is 077 025 19063. Um, you can tweet that as well, Mickey. Yeah, yeah, I have done. Yeah, I will right. do. Um, if you get in touch, there's live music by Shane and Ricky. There's a buffet, there's racing, there's a race night, there's a raffle. Um, this Charlie's one of our own. Um, and if you followed the boxes of our lot, Johnny Garton, et cetera, et cetera, Ted Cheeseman, et cetera, um, we always seem to support our own within the boxing network. And unfortunately, Charlie suffered um, a very serious um, injury um, with his brain and stuff. So yeah, if you can make it and it's your sort of thing, please, please get involved. Um if you can't make it, but you still want to donate, maybe give uh, maybe give Lisa a call and just you know give her a tenner for a ticket, even if you don't want to go. But yeah, he's a close to our. I did a walk um, for Charlie and raised some other money for Charlie for AMS um, not long after it happened. So yeah, Charlie's very close to my. Heart. He's a good lad, um, and yeah, the, the family are a friend of mine. So personal plea there. But look, um, we're done for another few days. We'll be back later this week. Um, Omar will be back giving a review on the Turf Moor game. Hopefully it'll be um, happy, happy, happy Turf Moor uh, for Millwall. And uh, Burnley are suffering a loss to Millwall. Hopefully you've liked the stats. Uh, check out the website. Kai and his little team of uh, Alex and a few others on there do a cracking job. So do check out the website. It's... Uh, that millpodcast.co.uk. That's it. Show 11 is ended. You know what to do. Give us a like. Give us a follow. This show's out at 5.30 a.m. Hits YouTube at 2 p.m. I'm Mickey. That's Kai. That's Joe. We're all fucking off now. No night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.